This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Brian and Kelly are back on the Blood Origins podcast from Rolling Bones Outfitters. Because specifically, I wanted to have them talk about New Zealand. How to get there, what to do, what to hunt, species to hunt. And what we love about New Zealand specifically is that. It is a destination that you can hunt regardless of how thick your wallet is. You can go to New Zealand and hunt without a license, without a tag, and with just a backpack on your back, really. And you can hike into the mountains and you can hunt. That's the beautiful thing about New Zealand. And we want you to be encouraged. We want you to be excited. And we want you to just go hunt New Zealand. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name my is... Does <laughs> my hair look okay? My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. So, Rolling Bones Outfitters, again, on the podcast. We talked about Argentina the last time. Yes. Hilly Pool, welcome back. Glad to be here. Uh, we have your boss. He's trying to pull over on the side of the road. He does. Did he not look at his calendar before we started this podcast, knowing that he had a podcast happening? Because last time we did this, he was in the car as well. Brian's a busy guy. <laughs> I, I did, and 
and my evenings are yeah so if you only knew i do like six zooms a day so it's uh but i am here and ready to roll so i have pulled over well that's safe of you thank you brian <laughs> yeah i would have could have been running 50 mile an hour down the middle of the highway but um we appreciate you pulling over and um yeah, we the last time we chatted, we chatted about an awesome destination, Argentina. Um, just came out of COVID about a year ago. Really wanted to focus on opportunities for people to go hunt, essentially. And uh, we wanted to have you guys back on because, again, we're not trying to cherry pick outfitters. We're not trying to cherry pick our favorites. Though we have a couple of good friends in New Zealand um, that uh, has supported Blood Origins, and we've supported them. Um, especially in the COVID years, as soon as COVID happened, I don't know if you know this, but we sort of just stuck our hands in the air and said, Hey, are there any outfitters around the world that we can celebrate you or talk to you, talk to people about you? And, uh, we had Rachel Stewart reach out to us from Lethen Valley. Uh, we had Sean Allison reach out to us from exclusive New Zealand adventures. Um, and Sean's was just like this really emotional, like he was, he did like a selfie video of like, shit, what's going to happen now? And when he said it, it was almost like, oh crap, that this is here. Mm-hmm. And he, you could see how emotional he got and whatnot. But yeah, New Zealand is near and dear to my heart, um, near and dear to you guys. Um, but we wanted to talk about New Zealand specifically because they've literally just come out of COVID. Like, one of the last countries. Can you think of another hunting destination that may have come out later than New Zealand? I think you and I were talking about this. I'm I'm not sure currently. We do have a camp there, um, and I and I sh- met this outfitter at Sheep Show last year. But Australia is is close with New Zealand. Um, I don't mm-hmm. I if they've lifted all restrictions yet, or they're close, or they did at the same time. Do you know? No, I don't. I think you still. Well, when we went in in July, you still needed to show proof of vaccination, and obviously New Zealand was still the same way. But mm-hmm. New Zealand now, you don't need any proof of vaccinations, right? Correct. Yep, that is correct. So, I'm sure Australia is the same, even though I might not have seen it. But yeah, you're right. You probably need vaccinations to get into Australia still. But New Zealand's wide open. So, let's talk about New Zealand. Let's let's get people excited about going to New Zealand. It is a little bit of a longer haul to New Zealand than, than Argentina. Uh, but let's just talk about logistics right now. No vaccinations required, no COVID tests required, right? Correct. Yep, that is correct. Fully open. Ready. And coming yes. home, the same situation. You don't need a COVID test to come home. Correct. Okay. Have you been to New Zealand, Kelly? You know, I have not. I have a very close personal friend who has guided there for years and has begged me to go. Two of my friends, um, I, th- I believe I put you in contact with them too, Robbie, went, um, they bought a, a hunt uh, at an SEI banquet and went mm. and had a phenomenal time. Um, it's so high on my list, but I have not made it there yet. Brian, don't you think you need to send Kelly to uh, to New Zealand? <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, I think Kelly thinks I need to send her just well, about everywhere. <laughs> And uh, New Zealand and New Zealand would be high on that list, but probably probably do need to send her to New Zealand. And I do think just to add to what you were saying, what 
uh, countries. I think Canada is the last one to come out of it. I think Australia lifted, New Zealand lifted, but I think Canada just lifted a few days ago. Yep, yep, yep. You're right, Brian. You're Brian. Have you hunted New Zealand, Brian? I have not hunted New Zealand, um, but I am going to go to New Zealand soon um, before <laughs> Kelly goes. I believe that. <laughs> no, I'm totally, I'm totally oh teasing. God. We we have we have we have several camps in New Zealand, and the thing is, I don't know why I haven't hunted New Zealand because I've had lots of opportunities. It's easy to get in there. Um, the flights are moderately priced. I mean, it's like going to Hawaii or anything like that. And, um, and it is the hunting Mecca of all hunting Meccas. Uh, it's just amazing. The conservation has just been mm-hmm. over the top. Have you been yeah, there? I've been, I've been to New Zealand. I haven't hunted New Zealand, but, um, I went there for a science conference once and, um, I did the whole, like jumping off the Auckland spire, um, I walked on the Auckland Bridge. I didn't bungee jump off the Auckland Bridge. But then I did the coolest thing in the world. And here's what you – this is the beautiful thing about New Zealand. that you can go hunt, and that's amazing. But there's so many other cool things to do in New Zealand. Um, so we went to this place called Waitomo. And Waitomo is this, like, calcareous, rocky landscape that has all this cast feature. So it's got all these underground caves that have glowworms in it. Hmm. And um, you can pick your little adventure, and the water is always the same temperature. It's like freezing. It's like 50 degrees, so you're in full wetsuit and whatnot. And so this adventure that I went on is that you rappelled down this, like, hole in the earth. You just rappelled into it, and you landed on this cliff, complete darkness. Then you hooked into a a zip line underground, and you zip lined across the river that was flowing underground onto another cliff. Then you grabbed your inner tube and you stuck it on your butt and you jumped off the cliff into the water. Okay. <laughs> I'm not making anything up. It and sounds then like we extreme were, we went, Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, then we went upstream and you kept like smacking the water because every time you reverberated the water, the glowworms would glow. Oh, wow. And it was like you were seeing a night sky, but you were... 60 70 80 foot underground then what we did was we got to the point where you could see the exit and we let the inner tubes flow out of the exit and we went up like a tributary that was coming into that river and essentially we climbed waterfalls underground and literally got birthed by mother nature out into (laughs) the open you came out of this little hole that the water was plunging through that sounds like, yeah, a total rebirth. <laughs> Telling you, New Zealand's amazing. Wow. Amazing country. Um, lots of things to do there. There's like, you know, hot springs on beaches that you can dig holes in the beach and have like a, like a geyser bath on the beach. It's amazing. It's an amazing country. And yes, the hunting opportunities in New Zealand are absolutely second to none. So let's just back up a little bit. How to get there. Um, Typically, people fly L.A., San Francisco, and then shoot a flight across. And, Brian, you're right. It's like, you know, Hawaii is a six-hour flight, seven-hour flight. What's New Zealand? I've actually never flown to New Zealand. Is it 14 hours, 15 hours? Well, why am I asking you to? You've never been. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, 14 hours, I think. It's 15 hours, I think, because that's the same. It's about the same distance to Sydney, I think. Yeah, I believe you're right. It's an overnight flight. So when you fly west, it's an overnight flight. You're going to get on the plane at like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, um, depending on where you're coming from. If you come from the East Coast or Central Time, it's going to be late. But it's like 10 p.m. LA time, 11 p.m. LA time, and you're going to arrive in the morning in New Zealand. And typically on the way there, just like Australia, the jet lag isn't that bad because you've essentially slept all night, you've gotten on the plane, you've had your meal, you've had your wine, take your drugs, whatever you want to do, and you know sleep for six hours or seven hours. And you get up and, you, and you're pretty refreshed. You stay up the whole day. You never, you're not going to have jet lag. I will be very honest, coming home is going to suck. Coming east from Australia, New Zealand sucks because you get on the plane at nine o'clock in the morning and you've had a full night's sleep and then they give you food and they turn off all the lights, making you go back to sleep for another eight hours, <laughs> try and get you back on the system. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't, you are just going to, you're going to just get a little bit of jet lag coming back east, but it's totally, totally worth it. Hundred percent. I would. I would agree with that. And I think the ticket prices are probably twelve hundred bucks, thirteen hundred bucks. If you, we in July, I'll tell you this: we in July found tickets out of Los Angeles to Sydney. So I would think they're about the same to New Zealand for eight hundred dollars, eight hundred fifty, nine hundred dollars. Um, but that was just the LA piece. And, you know, American airline prices right now are so crazy that it costs us almost $700 to get to L.A. Right. So that's the trick. The internal flights are going to be just as expensive as the, the big overseas haul. Right. But, yeah, I mean, with some planning, um, that's, an, that's an affordable flight that's cheaper than I've flown to Africa. Oh, no doubt. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, what I was saying was I was just on Delta looking and, you know, if you plan this thing right now, um, and I got this travel app, blah, blah, blah. So does everybody else have one? It's, you're exactly right. You know, you can get down there for 14 to $1,700. And so, yeah, that's, that's an investment, but to go to someplace like this and I, I don't know, Kelly or Robbie, which one of you want to talk about it? But the meals and lodging, I have been told, because, again, I have not been there, but we have a lot of outfitters. We spend a lot of time with them. We've had a lot of clients go there and come back. But the hospitality and the way they deliver the um, experience to the hunt is absolutely second to none. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got, you've got the, the wide gamut of everything. So let's just talk about the different kinds of hunts. Let's just talk about the animals you can hunt first, Kelly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are you What are you typically seeing your clients go to New Zealand to hunt? So obviously, stag is is always um, one on the top of the list. When you see a lot of these amazing photos on social media, and you think of New Zealand, people see these four hundred inch stag, which they do have. Um, they have obviously silver, bronze, gold medal, gold medal stag. Um, that you can hunt uh, during the roar. They call them a state stag. You know that that translates into you know more of a high fence type hunt. 
um, but they just kill incredibly large stag. Um, so that that's usually a request. Um, now they do New Zealand slams. So now you're looking at a stag, a tar, and a chamois. And the, mm-hmm. the tar and chamois hunts are incredible. Anybody who has any interest in high alpine, mountain goat, bighorn sheep, um, this is your hunt, tar and chamois. And if you've ever had any chance to look at what some of the uh, terrain looks like in New Zealand, if anybody's seen Lord of the Rings, um, you know that that's some, some incredible landscape. That's some that's some hunting that people want to do. They want to be in the mountains. And like Brian was saying, we've got places where you stay in these beautiful lodges, you have backcountry huts, but we have some younger outfitters as well that they want to do backpack hunts. So if you want to go yeah. and do, um, you know, a very affordable backcountry goat slash sheep type hunt, chasing tar, t- chasing chamois, um, during the rut, you can have that exact same experience in New Zealand for $6,500. Well, and they have mm-hmm. unbelievable fallow deer too, right? Fallow as well. Yep. Fallow. Um, they've got the Arapua uh, sheep. They've got the Pacific goat. Um, they've got um, elk also. Yep. Um, what else do they have? Well, they have grass. Incredible fishing. And I've been told the fishing is second to none also. The fly fishing is world, world class. Because basically, these mountains are young. So they come right up out of the ocean. And um, everything there has been highly managed. These estate hunts um, are not like the typical high fence either. They're, they're They're in pretty aggressive country. And so they definitely try to put up um, limitations of where these animals can go. But it's a lot like Africa from that perspective. They're just protecting the trophy of their game. But you have to hunt them. It's not a canned hunt where you drive out and say, here you go, shoot that one. It's an absolute proper hunt. And it's in the mountains. It's amazing. Can't forget about their waterfowl, too. Incredible waterfowl hunting. Yep. And then helicopter wallaby hunts can do that too. <laughs> so yeah, there's lots, lots and lots to do in, uh, in New Zealand. And what I love about it is that it, it, it almost can be tailored to your wallet. Okay. So mm-hmm. $1,400, bucks, get yourself down there. Then what you can do is you can decide... I want to be high end, high estate, beautiful lodging, beautiful meals, good red wines, you know, best of the best, all the way down to self-sufficient, rent yourself one of the camper vans, drive to the base of a mountain and hike yourself up into public ground and hunt yourself. Exactly. And here's the key is that you don't have to have a license and you have no, there's no tags. So if you have done your research like you want to do in the West out here, like you want to do the Onyx maps, you want to find places, you want to explore places, and it's easy to get your gun into New Zealand. The guns are, you know, it's, you know, it's a very gun-friendly type environment, gun-friendly culture. And um, you can hunt. You, as you said, you, there's free-range 
red stags, there's free range fallow, there's free range whitetail deer, Arapo sheep, uh, goats, tar, chamois. Um, the elk are not free range. They, well, they are. T they are free range. Don't give me. Sorry, let me back up. The elk are free range, but to hunt an elk in New Zealand, it requires you to be into get into the ballot, which is almost like their draw hunts in New Zealand. Not impossible, um, but the ballot system allows them to really highly manage their elk population, which was a, a gift from from I think Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt actually gifted these elk to them. They call them wapitis down there. No way. Well, I think that's the original name for them here is wapitis or wapitis. Mm -hmm. um, they, uh, um, and so that's the indigenous name here, isn't it, Kelly? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they've got it. Uh, wow. I did not know Teddy Roosevelt to give those to them. Yeah. There was an original 20 or 50 that got gifted. Um, and. Um, they called them, there's a big, um, almost like NWTF in New Zealand, they called them the Fjordland Wapiti Foundation. <laughs> and they do a bunch of trapping and they do very, very extensive wildlife management on the elk. So they do not let populations go out of control because New Zealand obviously is a mammal, used to be a mammal-free continent or island is now full of mammals and no predators and so deer populations can really skyrocket and get out of control and, and harm the native flora and native fauna so they keep a a huge thumb on the population they've also donated they, they've got a, a program set in place that they donate all the meat into the food system into the food bank system they've, they've donated some crazy amounts of of venison meat i think it's like forty thousand kilograms Wow. in two years or three years it's an amazing amount of meat um maybe not two three years maybe ten, five to ten years um but yeah no going back to hunting it's you know and you've got all these you've all you've actually got all the um you've actually got all the the huts that you mentioned so you can hike up again if you do your research you can go stay in these huts. Some of them, I think, cost you like five bucks or you have to book them. Some, most of them you don't. And then you just go back in the backwoods and chill and hunt. And it's for free. It's literally for free. If you don't want to hike your butt up there, then you charter a helicopter, mm -hmm. 200 bucks, 300 bucks, and they'll fly you up into the hut. And they'll come back and get you, just like people go hunting in Alaska. They rent a bush plane, bush plane drops them off, bush plane comes back in five days. So you can do the exact same thing in New Zealand. Absolutely. Isn't that crazy? So I liked I liked that perspective because it's based on your wallet. And you know what? Hunting sometimes is starting to get that reputation that it's a rich man's sport. And I love to hear things where people can go have adventures on not a lot of dollars. It is it is really refreshing and good to hear. Yeah, it's a it's an adventure and a half, man. Just in Australia, you can do the same thing if you do if you do your work if you do your homework. You can hunt Australia very 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 cheaply too. Um, but New Zealand, legitimately, you can. Yeah, you can you can decide. You can. I'm gonna and there's another option. 
So I talked about the Fjordland Wapiti Foundation. There's a couple of other foundations, like the Eastern Fiolink, and then there's another one called the Seeker Foundation. And these guys, what their, their duty is, is to protect watersheds, um, maintain the health of the deer herd, maintain the health of the native flora and native fauna. So what they do is they go up into the mountains, they go up into these watersheds, they lay trap lines that are trapping stoats and rats and cats and hedgehogs and all the stuff that's going to eat their native birds, their native flightless birds. Wow. What, so what an opportunity. You can volunteer. Here's the other thing. So it may cost you less because these guys are going to help with the costs. You can volunteer and call up the Seeker Foundation or call up Eastern Fiolink or even maybe Fjordland Wapiti Foundation, but they, won't, they probably won't let you hunt a stag. They'll probably let you hunt a, a hind. Um, but let's just talk about the Seeker Foundation. You can go into the central, the North, North Island, the central North Island is the Seeker Foundations where they're based. And there's a lot of seeker deer in those forests. You've never heard of a seeker deer. You can kill a seeker deer in New Zealand. You can kill a sandbar deer in Australia. You can kill a fallow deer, white-tailed deer. And um, you can go up into the watershed as a volunteer with these guys. You go up into the huts. They may even helicopter you up into the huts. And all you essentially are going to do is you're going to essentially do conservation work. And so in the mornings, you're going to go out, you're going to check trap lines. And if you happen to come across a seeker hind or you're, you're essentially hunting, if you come across a stag seeker, could be a young buck, it could be an old, mature, you know, uh, bull, you can, you can shoot it. And you can eat the meat at the hut and you can give the meat away. And uh, you can have a fantastic hunt. You can meet some really cool people. You can invest in conservation in New Zealand. And it costs you nothing. No kidding. People like that too. They like to be involved um, in the conservation aspect and also boots on the ground, you know, to be there and be a part of that. Um, is super important for a lot of hunters. Yeah, I, I just love the, I, you know, to Brian's point, you know, what he was emphasizing is that you can hunt, you know, according to your wallet, essentially. And if you really, you know, you want to take, you know, five days off and, you know, do something different, you know, maybe it's not a trophy hunter after, maybe it's something different. Maybe it's something you want to give back on and you want to see, a different part of the world you want to be involved with something but at the same time they'll throw a gun over your shoulder and let you hunt something and then fish you talked about fishing you can fish these rivers in these watersheds that are full of big 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 rainbow trout that are invasive too that they want out the rivers um so you're eating you know beautiful smoked rainbow trout in this hut in the middle of the new zealand wilderness with a side of seeker backstrap you know from the, <laughs> the the deer that you 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 hunted and killed and the the fish that you fished out of the river 
Well, and that's what people yearn to do. Like Kelly said, I mean, people, people, we, we all get into that. That's what we started. You know, I remember when I was 21 years old, my first trip out West was like, I was 21. I had a backpack, a bow, and I went and bought a, a over the counter elk license and ran up and down the mountains trying to chase elk, see if I could have that experience. So those experiences are out there, cost you a little bit more to get to, but you know what? Uh, 1700 bucks. And uh, I guess get a hold of us, get a hold of Robbie, and we set you up. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So let's um, short shop and to the point podcast. Kelly, any, um, anything else that people should know about hunting in New Zealand I that think, you can think of? Yeah, I think uh, I liked what we were just talking about that it can be customizable. You can, you can add animals. Like you, can, um, you can add uh, a free range with an estate. You can add a certain number of species. There's kind of something for everybody, a fishing trip. Um, it's completely customizable. So again, like you said, matching your wallet. Um, I just like that there's so many options and it, it's not complicated. Hey, Kelly. Also, um, I think people should clearly understand and know that what we're talking about, if you went and got a good bull, a 350 to 380 type bull, okay, which is a great um, stag, I guess they're not bulls, they're stags, right? Um, what's, I mean, what is, what is the price on that? Because I think people think, oh, that's a $20,000 hunt and they're not. No, not even close. So we're, we're actually working with a client currently. She's buying the hunt for her husband for a present. They're getting a- My wife's buying me a hunt? <laughs> yep. Really? Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> I won't tell her. Okay? Well, so they're, they're going to do a gold- Brian, what you just described was a silver stag. A gold stag um, goes up to four fifty. So for hunting, meals and lodging, uh, all their transportation to and from the airport, um, all their extras with a gold medal into the four hundreds, it's thirteen thousand dollars for two people. That's cheaper than an elk hunt, a good elk hunt in the United States now. But what what's a lower one? What's a three fifty type bull? Uh, Eight thousand, seven thousand? Yeah, sixty five to seven. Oh, see, it just blows me away. You can't hardly find an elk hunt in Wyoming for sixty five hundred to seven thousand dollars anymore. It's true. So I just think New Zealand has so much to offer, just like we are talking about Argentina. The, the, I mean, these, these countries have so much to offer. There's so much hunting. And, um, and what you said the last podcast that just resonated with me, Robbie, that I keep thinking about is you get to just go hunting. If a black buck comes along, you want to shoot it. Yep, you can shoot it. If uh, you know a puma comes along, you want to shoot it. You can shoot it in Argentina. You know uh, a big tar comes on along, and you go, "There's a tar up there, half you know, half a mountain over. Let's go get him." Yeah, I want to shoot him. It's not. Oh, you didn't draw a tag for that. Apply seven more years, and maybe you can come back and try it again. You know, it's just let's go hunting. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point, and that's the beautiful thing about these two countries is that. Multiple species, multiple species on the mountain. There's not just one or two species on the mountain. Everything is in season, all the time. Uh, there may be a little, uh, there may be a couple of bits and pieces there in New Zealand. I'm not too aware of, but 
pretty sure everything is in season all the time. Um, and yeah, you can, who knows what you're going to come across. And again, there's, you're, you're not drawing tags. Um, even in, in the public system in New Zealand, you don't even have to draw a license, man. You just go and hunt, just go up in the back country and go do your thing. I will say this to earlier point that Kelly made, the landscape in New Zealand is amazing, but it's also super, super, super dangerous. Um, in that it's steep country. It's really steep country where these things live. So if you're going to go do it by yourself, obviously, you know, put all the precautions in place. Know exactly, you know, tell people where you're going, how you're getting there. You know, take your sat phone in reach type scenario um, and be smart about it. Definitely. Yeah, I love that too. I love that there's a kind of a rivaling sheep goat type hunt um, for a lot of us that love love the idea of being able to hunt um, those high alpine critters, they've got char, or, uh, tar and chamois in, in a very similar sheep-type-esque hunt, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Brian, Kelly, thank you so much again. Um, this is exactly what we wanted. We want to just give good information out to people, get them excited, uh, let them reach out. Where can they get a hold of you, Kelly? So they can give us a call here, 605-644-8000, or uh, they can click on any hunt they'd be interested in, or if they want more information at rollingbones.com. Rollingbones.com. Brian, thank you so much. Thank you for being safe and pulling off the side of the road. <laughs> thank you for everything you're doing. We appreciate you, Robbie, and thanks for having us on. Today. You're welcome. Thanks, Kel. All right, thank you. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.